Hey guys, we are finishing up the month on relationships and I, I feel like we're going out with a grand finale because today I have with me Drew Boa from Husband Material. He has some incredible things to share with you guys and he is talking about a subject that a lot of people, especially in the church, do not like to talk about and that is pornography. So buckle up, ladies. We're going to just dive in and talk about all the things, truth for your 20s when it comes to pornography. My name is Katie Bulmer, a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl. After I stopped looking for love in all the wrong fraternity boys, God blessed me with a husband who shows Christ's love to me every single day. We are parents of two daughters and thousands of others nationwide, and my heart behind everything I do is to give you truths. The world is screaming at you a bunch of lies, and I don't want you to hear those loud voices. I want you to hear the true voices. Grab your earbuds, grab a chai tea, and let's talk about some truth for your 20s. Before we dive into the podcast, I want to share with you the review of the week. I love sharing your words on this podcast. It says, I only started listening to the Truth For Your 20s recently, but I have nothing but good things to say about it. One of my friends shared Katie's most recent episode on Instagram. I really appreciated the advice Katie had on being healthy in every aspect of life. I can relate to all of the things Katie has to share. Looking forward to the next podcast. We love sharing your words, your reviews on the podcast. And if you want to be featured next week, head on over to iTunes, take one minute to leave a review, and I would love to read your words next week. Welcome to the podcast, Drew Boa. Hey, everyone. Yay. Thanks for being here. Thanks for just diving in and talking about a subject that not a lot of people like to talk about. You're killing it. Thanks. I'm ready to talk about it with some ladies because usually women are so under-resourced in this area. There are so many resources for men for how to deal with porn or how to deal with somebody else who's struggling. Not that many for women. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, well, we're just bridging that gap today. That's right. (laughs) All right, ladies. This is this. I'm really excited about this. I looked at a lot of your videos and a lot of the content and you're just like spot on. I've studied relationships and sex and dating and all the things. And I just think that you're doing all the things very, very well. So, First of all, tell us what are you doing? Tell us about the YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, for the last 10 years, I have been learning about what it really takes to quit porn and experience deep and lasting freedom. And then for the last two years, I've been coaching Christian men to do that through video calls, through online discipleship, and now I'm helping more people. So you can find me on my podcast, the Husband Material Podcast, or on Instagram at Husband Material Men. And basically what I'm doing is sharing the same insights that I do with my private clients with anybody who cares to listen. So if you want to quit porn without shame or stress, or you want to help somebody you know who quits, who wants to quit porn, um, these are free resources. And if you have a, a question or some kind of issue, you know, let me know and I'll make a video about it. Yeah, your videos are really good. You're doing a good job with that. So, all right, husband material. I love the title of that. How did you come up with that? Yeah, I came up with that because in my story, I was getting ready to propose to Rebecca, who is now my wife. 
and we had been dating for a while. We were actually going through pre-engagement counseling. So not premarital counseling, pre-engagement, because we felt like, okay, if we're going to commit and say, yes, I want to marry you, we should probably work through our issues before then. And so we found an older, wiser couple who counseled us. And one of the assignments they told us to do was to go off just alone and answer this question. What are the reasons why this person might want to reconsider marrying you? Like, what are your weaknesses? What are your flaws? Bring out the skeletons in the closet, the deep, dark secrets, and lay them on the table. And it was my turn to share. And I knew I had to say, but I didn't want to say it. I was really struggling. I was just looking at the carpet. I couldn't look my wife in the eyes. Back then, she was just my girlfriend, but my stomach was tight. I, I My breathing was shallow. And I needed to tell her about my recent relapse into porn and masturbation. And the reason why this was so hard for me is because at that point, I was the success story. I had already experienced over a year of freedom. And I was leading a ministry. I was writing a book about it. And it was at that moment that I had my worst season of relapse. And when I told her about it, she looked at me and she loved me. And in that moment, I knew I need to do whatever it takes to make sure that she can be 100% confident about marrying me. And so much of my healing process took place while we were engaged. And God saved my marriage before it started because he turned me from boyfriend material into husband material. Oh, I'm taking notes. This is so good. <laughs> Save my marriage before it started. That's so powerful. I think a lot of, of women, I can only speak for women, but a lot of women think that I put on a white dress and he puts on a tux and mm. we won't have any more problems and, and everything's yeah. going to be okay. When in fact, saving your marriage before it starts becoming whole and complete and dealing with your skeletons. That was wise counsel, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Told you to do that. yeah, I'm grateful for it. Looking back in the moment, I did not want to tell her about yeah. my problems and my issues and the problem with porn that I thought was in the past. And that's also interesting that you said you're writing a book on it and that's when you had your relapse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy when you go into ministry or you become a leader to neglect your own needs. Yeah. So my spiritual life had slowed down to a trickle. Um, I was overcommitted. I was overworked and I was navigating the post-college transition. So lost all my friends and my support system. And so I was in a place of, of leading others and not leading myself and not caring for myself. And that's when I realized I wasn't really as free as I thought. And doesn't the enemy just love to attack like, oh, you think you got this under control, you're engaged in writing a book. And like, that's when, you know, he knows those weaknesses. And I just think that that's interesting. Like, that's how he chose to attack. So I'm so glad that you came on the other side, though. Holy smokes, that's amazing. Yeah. And it really happened because my healing went a lot deeper. So I had to go back into early childhood experiences and trauma that I experienced and really work through my story to find the little boy who needed love and then help him grow up. And when I did that, um, 
porn just didn't appeal to me anymore because I was a new person. So that's my personal story of freedom from porn. The other side of it is now I'm helping guys get free before they get married. And so here's a story about one of my clients recently. His name is Josiah. And Josiah had a story kind of similar to me where he enga- he got engaged. And then his fiance said, if you don't get this sin out of your life, we are either delaying the wedding or canceling the wedding. Mm. And he didn't know what to do. He was trying to get some help. And so he reached out to me. We started working together and they got married nine months ago and he's celebrating a year and a half of freedom from porn. Oh, wow. So, That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just awesome to see how there is this opportunity if you're not married yet to go through a deep healing process before it causes destruction. I mean, people don't realize that in the experience of a wife, finding out about years of porn addiction is basically the same as finding out about an affair. Yeah. And the the betrayal that goes on, the deception and the, the broken trust will destroy your family if you let it. And especially for us in our 20s, when we're young, we have a chance to avoid so much pain and so much money that we have to spend on counseling and therapy if you can get on the right path now. I know a lot of times, you know, I counsel a lot of, or I, I do a lot of mentoring. I wouldn't say call it counseling because I'm not a licensed therapist. Hey, but I do a lot of mentoring with young women. And a lot of them, there, there's this misconception, I think, in society that because porn is kind of everywhere, it's in our face, you know, there's, hmm. I don't know what we define really as porn anymore, but goodness, like billboards and TV sometimes is pretty much on that line. And so a lot of them will say porn isn't a big deal. I'm curious what you would say to that. Like it's, what if I say, Hey, well, what does it matter, Drew? Like, I mean, it's not like I'm actually sleeping with a hundred girls. What would you say to that? Porn is a problem for multiple reasons. One of the main reasons is because it can function like a drug. There's an organization called fight the new drug FTND, which is great. And they have tons of research on this that is saying that the effect of porn on the human brain is similar to any kind of chemical or substance abuse that that creates a dependence that becomes unmanageable, uncontrollable, has negative effects, and you keep doing it and it gets out of control. Porn is the exact same in the way that it affects your brain. Another reason why is because porn is actually very closely connected to the sex trade, sexual exploitation at a global level. Most people who get trafficked into some kind of sexual exploitation, they are often used for porn. And you don't see this when you're watching a video, but behind the scenes, these women don't tend to live longer than seven years after they enter this industry. And nobody dreams of growing up and becoming a porn star. The reality is porn is fueling the demand for slavery in the modern world. Oh my gosh, you just give me chills. Like I know from my marketing background, like they teach you marketing 101, like you vote with your dollars. So when yeah. you put money to I want this, 
then the industry is going to make more of it. And I mean, that's marketing 101. You want more porn, they're going to make more porn, which means they're going to make more slaves and they're going to make more, gosh, women who, oh, that's just so much. That's like killing me right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so porn at, you know, at an individual level, yes, it's highly addictive. At a global level, it's supporting slavery. And also at a relational level, it's really tearing couples apart, especially since it escalates. So maybe you're boyfriend is using porn and it starts with some simple videos, but due to the addictive nature, it will escalate. And because there are more extreme and violent forms of porn available, like literally anything you can think of, there's a video for that. Um, it, it goes down into a very deep, dark place and it ultimately warps your expectations for what a real life person should do or be like in a relationship. So a lot of, actually, there's this guy named Andrew Bauman who has a great article on this. He calls it a pornographic style of relating. And so um, if your boyfriend is using porn, he will be conditioned to relate to you in a few specific ways. One is objectification. So porn requires no relationship. It requires no work, no commitment, and no skill in terms of actually being able to be a great lover. So Basically, what this means is he's going to treat you like porn. And a lot of times, uh, guys will go into marriage thinking, oh, I won't need porn anymore because I'll have a wife now and we can have sex whenever we want and and it'll be great. So he's basically treating you as a sexual outlet, as a replacement for pornography. And so that's an unfair way to live your life. And it leads to a lot of heartache down the road. Porn is a problem, not just individually because it's addictive and not just at a global level because it's part of slavery in the modern world, but also because it destroys relationships. Basically, for most kids who get exposed to porn, it becomes our version of sex ed. It teaches us what's normal in relationships and what a real sexual relationship is like. And a pornographic style of relating is based on objectification. In other words, I'm using another person to get what I want. And when a guy is used to pornography, it actually causes him to think, all right, if I have sex with somebody, I'm going to use them to get what I want. And that becomes their style of relating to you. And I think about how like a lot of guys will get married thinking, oh, I don't need, you know, once I get married, I won't need porn anymore yeah. because my wife will be <laughs> at my beck and call. But the reality is, you know, you have children and you're tired and there's real life. And I don't know any woman who is anything like the quote, unrealistic sex kittens that we have in this yeah. unrealistic <laughs> photoshopped world. And so yeah. they're going to be disappointed. The wife is disappointed and it's just a recipe for disaster. It really is. I mean, I don't know how I learned this as a kid. For me, the message I got growing up was sexually speaking, hold your breath for as long as you can. And then when you get married, you can let it all out. That is not how life works. That is so self-centered in the end. I mean, yes, it sounds like purity, like, oh yeah, save yourself for marriage. But ultimately it was selfish. It was me using another person to get what I want. It's that pornographic style of relating. And then when you take that into a marriage, your sex life is is really hindered by that. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if anybody told me this, but the urge to masturbate doesn't go away. The urge to use porn doesn't go away, especially if you have kids. There will be months when 
sexual intimacy and sexual activity is at a low. And you got to learn how to express your need for intimacy and for physical pleasure in non-orgasmic ways. And that's one of the things that I do with guys who I work with is we, we focus on how do you be close to other people? How do you experience joy and creativity in a way that's not sexual? Because that ultimately, intimacy and creativity is what our sexuality is all about. So part of healing from porn and part of resisting a pornographic style of relating is learning to connect at a heart level and learning to enjoy your body without having to have an orgasm. Sex is a behavior. It's something we do. Sexuality is bigger. It's deeper. It's part of who we are. And we can express our sexuality in so many ways. Sometimes um, I like to say we have two kinds of sexual desires, urges and aches. So an urge is intense. It's short term. It's kind of like a flash flood. It's like really sudden and intense and then it's over. An ache is more like a low-burning, long-term longing that we have. It could be the longing for a boyfriend or the longing for a girlfriend. And, and these aches, they're, they're different than our desires. And so when we have sexual urges and sexual aches, we need to realize, okay, that's, that's okay. That's part of who we are. And I can get those needs met in healthy ways. Sometimes it's just that ache it just needs a hug. You know, sometimes we just need a little bit of physical touch and it could be as simple as going to a friend and having a nice long hug. At least that's what it is for me. So yeah, I think that that's good that you pointed out that because a lot of times, especially in the Christian world, we're like, you're bad, you're evil for having any of these types of thoughts. (laughs) You know, you're human, you know? Right. And so you, but just directing it in in a healthier way, that's super powerful. Right. That's how we're made. And so there's this myth that, okay, guys need to have sex or they need to, to have my body in a certain way. No, they don't. Yeah. They can direct their urges and aches in healthy ways, in self-giving ways, not in self-centered ways. You know, and that, that's the kind of guy you want to be with. Preach. (laughs) Needs are food and water and shelter. Like, (laughs) right. Not. Right. Right. Sex is not a need. Yeah. Um, you can go the rest of your life without having sex and your body and your life would be okay as long as you're getting that deeper need for intimacy and creativity met. Yes. Quick interruption to let you know that I have a ton of freebies over at katiebulmer.life. I have a free dating plan. This is wildly one of my most popular freebies. It helps you decide what is important when it comes to dating. I also have a free guide if you are a leader in your sorority. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, like how do you lead well and also have a life? I made you a free guide on how to best serve, delegate, and lead your sorority sisters. Also, I give my book away free there, a digital download on my website. It's all there. The easiest ways to get there are, like I said, katiebulmer.life, or if you find me on Instagram, also at katiebulmerlife, the link is right there to all of the goodness. And hey, while you're there, there's also some really cute Comfort Colors t-shirts for sale. Just saying. So take advantage of those freebies. I made them for you with you in mind. The girls who have already used them have given me great feedback, and I want to share them with you as well. So Check it out, katiebulmer.life or katiebulmerlife on Instagram. So I want you to help me kind of unpack something. I have a dating quiz online. It's just a, a fun thing that girls like to take to kind of help them define what's mandatory in a dating relationship. So 
for example, when I do my speak, when I go to sorority houses, we talk about like what matters in a dating relationship. And a lot of times they'll say like, I want my guy to be responsible. I want him to be, have a sense of humor and things like that. So I made this quiz with just popular things I hear when I speak at the sorority houses. And then the girls vote um, just a personal, like what they think is mandatory, what's not mandatory. And that way they know when they walk into a dating relationship, it's mandatory for him to have high standards of faith. It's mandatory for him to open the door for me, but I don't really care about this, this, and the other, you know? So I I get the results of this. Um, Don't worry. I can't see your names, girls who, who do these quizzes, but I get the results and two questions that are back to back that always make me cringe a little bit because it is often answered like this. So one of the questions says he has high integrity of what he watches on his screens, basically meaning like he doesn't look at porn. He doesn't look at, you know, all of these plastic images online. And a lot of times the girls will say it doesn't matter or it's not important. And the very next question is, he treats me with respect. And they say that's mandatory. And I feel like that's such a huge contradiction, but a lot of the girls just don't see it. Can you just kind of help help them understand that contradiction? Yes. Remember, porn harms you as an individual. It harms the relationship and it has global implications. So for him to be using pornography... And, and to be in an exclusive relationship with you where you are the person that he's committed to is basically a form of cheating. I mean, neurologically speaking, psychologically speaking, studies have been done to show that when it comes to cheating and infidelity, the actual sexual activity that takes place doesn't matter as much. What matters is deception, broken trust, lying, betrayal, and pornography has the same effect or virtual sexual activity has the same effect of betrayal on a spouse as having an affair or even sexual abuse of other people. I mean, because ultimately what it comes down to is I'm not enough He has chosen to put a wall between us and open windows somewhere else. And it doesn't matter where those windows go. The fact is his allegiance is compromised and that's a betrayal. That's trauma. A lot of times when I mentor girls, they'll talk about being cheated on or whatever and and just the hurt that they feel from that. And I, I heard somewhere that, I think it was Gary Thomas. I don't know if you listen to some of his stuff. He wrote The Sacred Search and um, Sacred Marriage. But he talks about how the very beginning when God made Adam and Eve, Adam looked at Eve as the only woman in the world because she was. And I wonder if that original design of like, she was the definition of beauty. She was she was everything. There was no comparison. And now, of course, we live in a world with a lot more people, but don't we all women want to be still seen by their guy as the only woman in the world. And if they're filling their brain with tons of other mm-hmm. pictures of women, how how can you be seen as that only woman? How can you be seen with such respect and honor and you are my definition of beauty, yet dismiss and say it's okay for all of those other images to come into his brain? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And it can be hard to hold these kind of high standards because you might think, well, if I have high standards around his online sexual activity, then I'm going to exclude 80% of my possible boyfriends. And 
that's actually fairly true. I mean, most guys are using pornography, even Christian guys. There's no statistical difference. I think what you want to be looking for is not does he have perfection in his behavior, but does he have direction? Is he moving towards health and wholeness? Is he going through a program? Is he actively pursuing recovery or is he just kind of okay with it? Yeah, that's real good. And um, yeah, it's tricky because I'm, I'm all about holding or encouraging women to have high standards. Well, one one side of the coin is like, well, yes, it will narrow your dating pool, but you're going to narrow your dating pool to guys who are. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that's true. Like, I mean, listen, we're all on this side of, of uh, heaven and none of us is going to be perfect, but is that guy making steps in the right direction? Like we're all headed on right. a path and like, paths lead somewhere. Yeah. What path is he on? So for yeah. sure, good stuff. Since we're talking predominantly to women and we just want to help out our brothers in Christ, like what is something that we as women can do just to, in the way we dress, in the way we way we do life, like what is something that we can do to help our brothers in Christ in this area? A lot of guys will complain to me that there are so many attractive women showing skin around them that it's hard to deal with that. And a lot of times this conversation becomes blame shifting. The guys will say, oh, it's all the girl's fault. And then, you know, I I shouldn't have to see all of these beautiful bodies around me that I'm tempted to lust after. And then the girls will say, it's actually all the guy's fault. I shouldn't have to be limited by their lust based on what I can wear and how I can express myself. And rather than have a conversation of blame, I feel like it's more important to frame it in terms of contribution. So there's a dynamic here and we're all contributing. Guys need to take responsibility for their contribution, which is you need to learn how to look at women and love them rather than lust after them. So there's a specific prayer that one of my clients came up with and he says this every time he sees a beautiful woman walking down the street, Lord, she is very beautiful. You created her. Please oh, draw her man. to yourself. Drop the mic. Isn't it great? So I say that to myself all the time. Sometimes I say it over and over again because it's so powerful. It rewires my brain not to be self-centered, but to be self-giving, compassionate, um, realizing the image of God in the other person. Not that pornographic style of relating, but a Christ-like love. So guys, we need to take responsibility and relate to women more like that. Lord, you created her. Um, She's so beautiful. Please draw her to yourself and come out of our selfishness. And I think on the other side, ladies, you need to take responsibility and realize that the way you dress is going to have an effect. And that that's a reality you need to be aware of. And yes, sometimes it does make it harder for guys. That doesn't mean it's your fault if somebody is masturbating to you or somebody is fantasizing about you. What it does mean is you're contributing to the overall process. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that's so good because a lot of men are just more visual than women. And mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you probably found that to be the truth. But um, girls will get dressed, oh, this is cute. And you know, it, it's showing a lot of cleavage or the shorts are short or whatever. But we don't realize what that might cause in a struggle for any any man, a man at, a man at the mall, like whatever it is. And you have your own body and it's okay, but I just want you to realize that responsibility. You said it perfectly. Like it's a contribution, not a blame shifting thing. That's perfect. 
Yeah. And there are so many contributions, you know, there's the contribution of we live in the culture we live in where there's a different version of normal and modest and what's okay and what's not okay. As there is in other places around the world as there was 50 years ago. And so a lot of this is not our fault. You know, we got thrown into a difficult environment in a difficult time after the sexual revolution when a lot of the boundaries were thrown away in the 1960s and 70s. And now there's kind of an anything goes mentality. And on the other side, there's a lot of purity culture, which can be very restrictive and also not helpful. So there are other contributions and we need to own the contribution that we are making. So I just want to talk about like healing from porn addiction. I know you said that, you know, this is such a widespread problem, but it doesn't mean that anyone is too far gone. Is there like, I don't know, just, I guess, talk me through a little bit of that. Like you deal with a lot of clients who are walking through this. Like, what does it mean? How do they get started? How can, if a guy is listening to this or a girl has a boyfriend or, or she's struggling through it, whatever the case may be, where, where mm-hmm. do they start to go for healing? Yeah. Well, you should go to my website, Drew Boa. D-R-E-W-B-O-A.com. And you can sign up for a free coaching session with me. I would love to just point you in the right direction, help you get resources and potentially even start working with you. I mean, there's also a book called Unwanted by Jay Stringer. I work with Jay and I believe he is the most important voice in this conversation right now. And he really helps people go back into your story and see where your sexual struggles are coming from. So that's a great book as well. And, um, you know, we have uh, free resources every day on husband material, trying to give you education and inspiration for how to find deeper healing from porn. That's awesome. I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. And you said you have a book as well? Yeah, I have a book. It's called Redeemed Sexuality. And that is a small group curriculum. So if you want to start a group with some friends, that's also a book for men or women. Unwanted is for men or women as well. And this is a resource that can help you get started to share your story in a vulnerable way with other people and begin to learn what does it mean to have identity in Christ and how that breaks the cycle of addiction and find intimacy in healthy ways. Just to the girl listening who like you sparked some interest in her, maybe she had kind of just dismissed the the porn thing, maybe thinking it wasn't a big deal, but now realizes this needs to be addressed. You gave some great resources for when people are ready to get help, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe they don't realize there's a problem yet. Is there any suggestion about maybe how to bring this up? Like, this makes me feel uncomfortable. I want to I want to get through this problem. Any suggestions on how to have that conversation? Yes. Are we talking about somebody who's actively struggling with their own behavior or with a boyfriend or a spouse? I would say a girl talking to a boyfriend. Okay. So if you're talking to your boyfriend, there's actually a great conversation starter kit done by Fight the New Drug. So um, I think I mentioned them earlier, Fight the New Drug. I like all these. These are great. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a literally a step-by-step, here's how you start that conversation and giving you kind of a script for that. I think there are two really important things. One is acceptance, just to offer a level of hospitality of, hey, it's okay if you struggle with this. Um, I still care about you. I still want to have a relationship with you to some degree. I mean, basically to let him know that his performance does not correlate with your feelings about him 
at the same time, it's important to give him direction and to maybe even set a boundary or a standard. Like if this relationship is going to continue, if we are going to commit to each other for life, you need to get help. You need to heal so that I don't have to worry about your secret sexual behavior. And that that one little phrase, he needs direction, not perfection, mm-hmm. is the most important thing. So within accepting him, within liking him, loving him in the middle of his porn problem, give him direction towards a program, towards resources, towards a path that he can take to get out of this. And there are some awesome ministries out there besides husband material. There's Pure Desire Ministries. They have online groups, online counseling. Highly recommend them. There's the freedomfight.org, which is a free online course you can take walking you through about 50 videos. Awesome resource. Um, A lot of people don't know about these things, um, but more and more uh, people are realizing it's a problem. And there are ways to heal right now, no matter where you live, even if you live out in the middle of nowhere, you can get help online, which is one of the blessings of technology. Even though technology has been a problem, it's becoming part of the solution. And so you can point them to online resources like Husband Material or Drubo.com. And I would be happy to get him some help, even if it's not with me. Well, you've given us a ton of great wisdom and insight, but I'm just so thankful that uh to give you the opportunity to speak to young women. I know a lot of times you speak to young men or any men of different ages, I'm sure. But I just want to give you another opportunity, like have the mic to young women. How can we, what is something that you want to say to them? How can we help you? Like just help them understand this, Mm -hmm. this gift of their sexuality, yet the damaging effects of porn and this world we live in. Like I just, if you have anything else you want to say, I just want to make sure I'm giving you the opportunity. Yes. There are some awesome resources for women that are going to resonate with you more than whatever I say. One is a new book out called Restored, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Pornography by Alice Taylor. Okay. Great book. Awesome resource. Uh, Her ministry is called G-Spot Ministries. And an interesting title for a ministry. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, G actually stands for grace. So uh, like, you know, the grace thing. But um, there are also others, uh, Jessica Harris, Crystal Renaud, and tons of professionals who are helping women who are married if if their husband is struggling with porn. So um, betrayal trauma recovery is is another great organization. I mean, there are more and more resources coming out for women. And also, ladies, if you are passionate about this, we need you out here on the front lines because so many women are trapped in bondage. And if you could be part of their freedom story, that would be an awesome calling. Oh, man. Yes. Speak that into existence. I love that. I'm all about girls chasing big dreams. So girlfriend listening to this, that was for you. (laughs) Well, Drew, this was amazing. Um, This is called the Truth For Your 20s podcast, though. And so before we let every guest go, we want to know if you could have coffee with your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Man, if I could have coffee with my (laughs) 20-year-old self... I would say, l- let me think. Okay. Oh my God. I need to give you some <laughs> background. So when I was 20 years old, I proposed marriage to my girlfriend after eight weeks with an orange. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I've come a long way since then. Nice. Is this the one you're married to? No. Okay. No. 
Can't imagine why that um, didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I learned so many lessons from that relationship that ended that actually have given my current relationship and my marriage now so much more health and strength. So I guess I would say to him, um, your 20s are going to be really hard um, and God will be with you because, mm. <laughs> oh, that breakup was so hard. Oh. And and, you know, I feel like in some ways we have this choice in our 20s to kind of kick back and relax and then have a really, really hard 30s or we can make some tough decisions, persevere through our 20s and our, our 30s will be a lot less unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's why I'm so passionate about this age group because yeah. they're, they're building the future that they want right now, but they don't realize it. I didn't know my 20-year-old self you know, was building a future, was making decisions that would show up mm. in my 30 year old life, you know? Yeah. So yeah, a hundred percent. Like this is, this is why I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And nowhere is that more true than in your sexuality. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's worth investing in. It's worth your time. It's worth your attention. Um, your sexuality and your spirituality are very connected. And if you can make breakthroughs in your sexuality, your relationship with God will be released to a whole nother level. Okay, I know we're winding this up, but you have to unpack that. Your sexuality <laughs> and your spirituality are connected. That is truth. But you got to tell me more. Okay. Basically, God is the author of our bodies, of our brains, and sexuality is this super deep part of us that's a mirror of our relationship with him. You know, he describes himself as our bridegroom as our lover. And um, there is there is no place that I think reveals our relationship with God more than our sexuality, our relationships with others and, and with ourselves, because it shows, it shows you um, where our true allegiance is, what we truly desire. And God wants to be that. He wants to be the one who we're committed to, the one that we're most intimate with, and the one that we're passionately in love with. Oh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> okay. Drop the mic. Wow. That's what's going on the highlights for social. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, Drew. Well, thank you for having so me. Yeah, thank you for being here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know that girls are going to love this. I just thank you for set, shedding some truth in this area, shedding some light. And I know that it's a subject that needs to be talked about. So kudos for you for walking into that scary territory, I'm sure, but you're, you're just doing great things and you're unlocking a lot of prison doors for people. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, Katie. And thanks for inviting me. I know that it's a lot harder for women out there who are struggling. Uh, you know, so many guys feel like, you know, we're in a prison cell, but we're all together in the prison yeah. cell. Whereas for the ladies, it's like, I feel like I'm in solitary confinement mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm the only one struggling. You are not, there are others. And we are all in this struggle together. We are all broken, and yet there is healing available. And it's my honor to uh, talk about that with you guys today. So thanks for having me, Katie. Yes, thank you. Oh, man, wasn't that good? He gives so much wisdom. We talked about right after we got off the call that I <laughs> am kicking myself that I stopped recording. But we also talked about how our gift of sexuality is so powerful. 
but was made to truly serve the other person that we're in relationship with, to give us a little glimpse of how much Jesus loves us. Yet our culture has confused it to be this like self-serving, what can I get out of it, selfish type of mentality. But what if we understood the gift and loved and honored and served the person we're in relationship with? Y'all, I mean, that is a type of love that God invites us to have with each other in a dating relationship, in a marriage. So I hope that this conversation on pornography helps you just kind of understand the gift of our bodies, the gift of our sexuality, and the gift that God invites us to have this marriage relationship one day with someone who vows to honor and love and cherish and serve each and every day. Hey, if you made it to the end of this podcast, that means we spent like 30 or 45 minutes together. That basically means we're best friends. And best friends need to help each other out. So sister, I would love if you take a screenshot of this episode, put it out there on social media and tag me at Katie Bulmer Life because I would love to thank you, give you a virtual hug and make this friendship official. You sharing it with your friends are the reason this podcast is growing. You are the people who are helping it and I'm so freaking thankful for you. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I hope that you gain some truth for your 20s.